look, we can't have Curry and LeBron in the postseason without having Damon Bruce and Nick Wright in the postseason as well. What a pleasure to welcome you to uh, the humble proceedings that are my YouTube channel. Uh, Nick, how are you, pal? I'm great. It's an honor to be on the plus. I am so, you know, I did not think we were going to get this series because I did believe in, you know, the other team from Northern California, the Sacramento Kings. But I would be lying if I didn't say I'm thrilled we got this series as much as I enjoyed watching the Kings this year. Getting a Steph LeBron part five. Well, or we could call it part six if we want to include the play in when LeBron eliminated him by hitting that three right in his eye. No. Uh, it's just at this point of his career, of their careers, is great. Coming off one of the greatest games of Steph's career uh, and in a postseason where LeBron hasn't quite looked right and yet we still see these moments. I'm so excited for it. Game one was awesome and I'm glad to join you about it. It was a fantastic game. Obviously, it didn't end the way Warriors fans wanted it to end. Jordan Poole going a little bit hero ball at the end of that, but he at least came alive and had a decent game for the first time in the postseason. So I guess that's a good development for Jordan Poole. Uh, maybe one of the biggest surprises of this postseason is that Kevon Looney has morphed into Moses Malone. Now, no yeah. one saw that coming, right? No. I, he's been... He's been unbelievable, and it's so odd that when we were doing the math on this series, I think a huge factor that had to play into it was it was like, well, the Lakers have Anthony Davis, who should be able to mitigate Kavon Looney on the boards. Like that, that was, um, it, it was, let's say Memphis had beaten the Lakers. I think you'd have gone into that series saying Looney's going to do to Jaron Jackson what he did to Sabonis, which is just eat him alive on the glass. And his ability, when obviously this is a guy that the Warriors, not no disrespect, but we're trying to replace with Wiseman that they, you know, they, they, they have looked to move on from at various times. Van Gundy mentioned he's not one of the 35 highest paid people at his position. And he's been the second most important guy for them in this postseason with respect to Draymond, who's had his ups and downs, and Clay Draymond, who, by the way, were you worried Draymond was going to get thrown out last night? Boy, he was all up in Ed Malloy's face, wasn't he? It, yeah, I mean, felt, he... Like, it, it felt like one of those viral videos, or I don't even know if it's a viral video, but a scene from a movie where someone's in court and the, the the judge is like, I'm holding you in contempt of court for a week. And they're like, that's all? And like daring you to go further. Like the breakfast club yeah, scene. Yeah, yeah. Where the kid is, you know, be like, give me more, give me more. And Draymond was just banking on the fact that they wouldn't throw him out. Because he obviously could have been thrown out and was, uh, I mean, uh, multiple times just out of his mind. And I actually think, you know, his foul trouble in the first half that led to him sitting on the bench for the second part of the second quarter was a massive piece in the game because that's when the Lakers, to me, really took control of the game, even though they only have a slim halftime lead. Warriors, I'll say this, Nick, it's as close to a must-win in game two for them as you can get to the concept of a must-win before you're actually facing that concept. They can't go to L.A. down 0-2. 
These are not the Sacramento Kings, who I do believe were the better basketball team. I agree. But there is something to be said for championship DNA. LeBron's got it. Anthony Davis has got it. And Anthony Davis, who is – I mean, he, he's always been an adventure as a player, just in terms of is he healthy, is he available. He is so unhealthy and unavailable so often that we forget and dismiss who he is. Who he is is one of the five best players in this league when he's right, and the Lakers, when he is their best player and LeBron can hop in that sidecar at 38 years old now, that's what makes them dangerous. Well, so and I do think the pendulum swung too far on Anthony Davis in a negative direction. Two years ago, if we went two years ago today and you asked 100 people that cover the NBA – who would you rather have in a playoff series, Anthony Davis or Giannis? Anthony Davis would have won that. He was coming off a title. Giannis had no postseason success up to that point. And then since then, Giannis ascended this year notwithstanding. Joel Embiid kept getting better, right? Joker went from, oh, a really nice player in Denver to a dominant offensive force. And Anthony Davis just one year, the year they Won the, t- the the year they were defending their title, he fell in love with his jump shot, and even though it was a brutal jump shot that season, and then he dealt with injury after injury after injury. But what we are seeing from him, if he can score 15 points as he did in Game Six against Memphis, and be the best player on the court by a mile, and it is for you know listeners that are your viewers that are a little older, the only thing I can really compare it to is prime Olajuwon, where his ability defensively, it's not just about the blocked shots. It's not just about the altered shots. It's about the shots the other team doesn't take because they think they are going to be blocked or altered. And that is what makes this series so fascinating is we had a game last night. Now, by the way, you mentioned Game Two is a must-win for the Warriors. I agree. I I think they will win it. Game One was a must-win for the Lakers, in my opinion, because it's the only game all series they're going to have a rest advantage. The Warriors were coming off that brutal seven-game series, and I don't think LeBron can go seven every other day. I think that the Lakers, in order to win the series, have to win it in six which really means you have to win game one when you have the rest advantage. The Lakers almost blew it at the end, and I'm sure we'll get into it. But for the Lakers to win a game that the Warriors are plus 45 points from three-point line, my the TV producers gave this to me right before I hopped on with you. That team's going into last night. Uh, one team has outscored the other team by at least 45 points from the three-point line 102 times in NBA history. Those teams going into last night were 3-99. and 99. You don't win those games. But it wasn't – not only the Lakers win, they seem to be in firm control because going into the fourth quarter, the Lakers – had outscored the Warriors on non-three-point attempts. I think it was 81-40. to 40. Like, the, the free throws and the paint dominance can't be overstated, and that all starts with AD. 
Nick, I've always said that getting to the free throw line is one of the most important skills to have on a basketball court. Why you've always loved James Harden. Well, so look, it's 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 why I defended James Harden. Yeah. You know, and, and when Warriors fans were telling me what he wasn't, I would say, look, what he is is really good at getting to the free throw line. And if he was able to do that for your team, you'd appreciate it. It's just working against you. Yep. The Lakers are excellent at getting to the free throw line. The Warriors are terrible at preventing teams getting to the free throw line. That happened last night. But to me, maybe the least discussed and uncovered element of that Lakers win last night was the defensive lost in the sauce capability um, that Jared Vanderbilt and Dennis yeah. Schroeder put down on Steph Curry. I've never seen Steph as locked up off the ball as he yep. was. And I think this is the adjustment now for game two. That ball's got to be in Steph's hands. So, the, go ahead, sorry. No, I'm saying that the only time the Warriors went on that 14 nothing run late in the game was when Steph had the ball and it was pick and roll city. And they need to go back to that. They need to play an entire game like that maybe against the Lakers. So, the only – I first of all, I totally agree with you. I also thought Ham made a mistake taking Vanderbilt off the court because the Lakers needed offense because I didn't think they needed offense because they were ahead by, you know, double digits. What they needed was the stops. What they needed was to make sure exactly what happened didn't happen, which is all of a sudden in three possessions, a 14-point lead to five-point lead, you're terrified, and Chase Center's, you know, off the charts, and you're it's like, oh, my God, are these guys going to do it? So I thought that was a mistake. I, I know Warriors fans – want that Steph Curry pick and roll. They want the ball in Steph's hands. The only explanation I would have as to why Kerr seems so hesitant is as exhausting of a style as, of it is for the way Steph already plays with the endless movement. That is a particularly exhausting style, and it's why LeBron now at this point in his career is not orchestrating everything. In those finals against you guys for four years – the ball's in LeBron's hands every possession, and, and he's orchestrating everything, but it was because he was, it's unbelievable, but that was eight to fi five to eight years ago, right? So LeBron, instead of being 38 years old, was 30 to, 34, uh, 30 to 33 years old and could handle it more. I think Kerr is trying to protect Steph from an energy standpoint on that, but you're right. That they are the, the the adjust. I'm very curious to see what adjustments are made because if I'm a Warriors fan, it is incredibly concerning that the game that Jordan Poole matched LeBron's points, we lost. That the game where we hit the our franchise record threes in a first half, we lost. Like I Steph and Clay individually. We'll have better games than last night. But how many games collectively are you going to have in this series where they combine for more than 12 threes? Maybe zero. At most, one. Like, those two guys going six of, I think it was six of 29 or something from three, that's a great night. Even for them, that's a great night. Or, I'm sorry, 12 of 29, each hitting six, pardon me. And then the pool thing, that to me is really concerning and now, the flip side is the Lakers aren't going to get that from D'Angelo Russell every time. I know that. But I also think they might get more from Austin Reeves. And the thing the Lakers learned in that series is Troy Brown Jr. 
either has to learn how to defend the Warriors or he's not going to be playable because that run started with Troy continually losing Clay and just not being able to stay attached to him. And I mean, Clay took 19 threes. Clay took more threes in game one than Steph took in game seven. And they weren't bad shots, but it just so the adjustments to the adjustments are going to be really fascinating. And can I ask you a question? Please. Sorry, I'm ranting, but I have a question. What did Kaminga do? Why is Kaminga now DNP? I, I thought maybe they thought he couldn't play against the, the Kings, but he would get a fresh start against the Lakers because of the size. For him to get zero minutes, what happened? I don't understand it. I really can't understand it. The development of young Warriors players can be a documentary one day. What worked, what didn't work. I, I don't understand it. Um, in, a, in, a, in a game where you knew you were going to have – a half a tank of gas for everyone at yeah. best. You'd think you'd go to the one guy who the minute you put him on that court is the best athlete on the court and just maybe get a little something out of that. Will there be problem? Will, will he be as detail-oriented a player as you need in a playoff series against the Lakers? The answer is probably no. But w what you really need is some athleticism and some life and some legs. I was stunned that he didn't play. Look, I just didn't we, know. I don't know. Listen, I don't cover the team every day, but I've watched, obviously, every single one of their playoff games. I've right. watched probably parts or entirety of 25 of their regular season games. I did not see Moses Moody jumping Kaminga coming, and it's not like there was a moment where I'm like, oh, that's what Moody did to replace him. And then last night, Jermichael Green jumped Kaminga. Now, I know Jamichael Green hit a couple shots. I think the Lakers didn't, like, the Lakers clearly didn't think he was going to play and didn't tell their guys, hey, he actually could shoot. I know we said we're only guarding Steph, Clay, and Poole, but if Jamichael Green comes in, he can actually shoot because they were just daring, they were treating him like Draymond Green. But Kaminga playing zero minutes is wild to me. Like, I, for him to just, for game one of the series, everyone's tired, you're expanding your rotation. And, and it's not even that I think Kaminga's great, but he was in your rotation all year and now he's out of it entirely and you know a guy who took valuable developmental minutes away from moses moody all year anthony yes. lamb he's completely been an afterthought in the postseason so why would you invest so much of a regular season in a player that you had no weird. plans on playing in the postseason it is weird nick i'm so much of a radio guy I've got a clock in my head saying, reset with the guest. I don't need to do that. We're here. Everyone Isn't can see Isn't that weird? You. So I do the same. My, I have the exact same instincts. Of, We're children of radio. That's yes, why. Yes, of like I got to say who I'm talking to. <laughs> and I, I, when I first started on TV and we were interviewing people, I would do that. Yeah. I'd be like, we're talking to such and such. And my producer would be like, what the? What are you doing? Right, like everybody's in the lower knows. third. It's right. <laughs> There's there's names on there and it's a visual medium, but yeah, I have the exact same instinct. That's going to be a hard one to kick. It is. It's I have to re rewire the way I think about media as I'm now yeah. part of the new media. And what do you know? There's another thing. Draymond won. I used to talk yeah. about the value of old media before it came up and bit me right in the rear end. And let yeah. me just say, before we go on with anything else, and I ask you a few more questions, we'll get into a little lightning round about the overall season, sure. some postseason awards, and, and how the playoffs look to you. Let me just say thank you very much. You were among the first people to reach out when what happened to me happened to me, and you went right on uh, what's right, 
and and said something that I need printed on a T-shirt one day, that Damon is a victim of success and longevity. That meant an awful lot, and oh, thank you true. so much for being an ally, man. Oh, no, it's no – listen, it's nice you say what you don't have to say. It was everything I said was true. Uh, and, yeah, I mean, I – the there is a contingent of ba- – you know, you would have – you and I, if people don't know, our relationship – dates back as far as a media friendship before we became actual friends to before I was on TV when I was on radio in Houston and the Warriors and Rockets would have those wars we would go on each other's radio shows you were wrong and then when I got so this, much stuff it was so much fun <laughs> and then when I got on TV uh you know my show used to be on at 6:30 a.m. Eastern end at 9 a.m. Eastern and so the Bay Area, I, except for, you know, via social media, I was basically non-existent on the West Coast. Like, you had to be working overnights to watch the show. So I, there is a good portion of Northern California that became aware of me through your show. And so, you know what I mean? I owe you a debt of gratitude there. And the, listen, what I said about the radio stuff, you know, you know I stand by and it's obviously true. It's a brutal business, and I, you know, I think you know people make massive mistakes, and by people I mean the the bosses. But you know, to bigger and better things. But I'm I'm glad to still have this line because I do. You know, my wife's family is from Sacramento. They're the Steph Lebron stuff. They are inextricably tied for a decade of our lives, and being able to talk directly to folks in Northern California has always been something I've wanted to do, and I've done it with you. Well, I appreciate that, man. And it's always been a pleasure talking with you. And we keep on going because, you know, we have have similar backgrounds. We have similar uh, people in this industry that we've always admired. Uh, I know that Colin Cowherd is is one of those. And and you and I agree he is the king of analogies. I think I got a a Cowherd level analogy on Jordan Poole. The fans have loved it. Uh, I, I've, I've used it for a couple days. I want to use it with you. Okay. Jordan Poole is a jack-in-the-box taco. I can't decide if that's the best worst thing on the menu or the worst best thing on the menu. It is <laughs> equally horrific yeah. and satisfying all at the same time. And Jordan Poole giveth and taketh away last night. He really did. He's starting to feel himself. He's the fastest heat check in the history of basketball if he's take if he's made two in a row he has taken that third shot I promise you can bet your house on it and last night he goes you know less than 30 seconds left he goes right at LeBron with an out of control left-handed layup and in the final got to have it possession of the night he takes a too early in the moment ill-advised 38 39 footer what'd you think of jordan Poole? so listen i my you know my son who i did the podcasts with for a year he's since moved to la he's going to rejoin me on the podcast when football season starts my son actually like facial hair skin tone body type looks a lot like jordan Poole. <laughs> he does i give him a hard time about it plays a lot like Jordan Poole. Demons a pool. Yeah, for, for for good or for for good or for bad, Demonze had a lot of Jordan Poole in him and it can be an incredibly frustrating brand of basketball. 
what my son, obviously on a different level, but he was a D1 caliber basketball player. What he has that pool doesn't have is any type of care for the defensive end. I think in this series, every minute pools on the court is a win for the Lakers. I know that sounds harsh, but he is so bad defensively. And and I thought Stan Van Gundy pointed it out last night was right. I think it was Stan on the call. Uh, he, or I forget who was on the call last night. It was Stan. Okay. Um, instead of even trying to defend, he just fouls. And that is particularly brutal against the Lakers because they will hunt fouls and get in the bonus and live at the line. So I just, I do not think Poole is a winning player. I've never thought he was a winning player. I like, there are tiers of that exact archetype and the I can do one thing and one thing only which is score I'm not gonna help you defensively I'm not like the best version of that is CJ McCollum you know and then the, the Anthony Simons is somewhere on that spectrum like we've seen these players Poole is on there but he is he is so to me incredibly careless defensively and are you still with me? Did I lose you? Damon? No, I, I got oh, you. Sorry. No, my computer. Sorry, my computer swiped it away. He's so careless defensively. It's just maddening. And I'm sure it's maddening to Kerr. Now, what I will, I will defend him in a tiny bit on that final shot. I know people say, take a dribble in. Okay, that's fine. I think if he took a dribble and took the shot, people still are a little upset. What they meant is, get the ball to Steph or Clay. Yeah. My... What I think people have to factor into that is it was t- it was 10 seconds left, but it also was a three-point game. If he takes a dribble and passes the ball to Steph, if the Lakers have the opportunity, they are just fouling. There is a chance that their only chance, to, their possibility, I should say, that their only chance to get up a three was him taking it because the Lakers do foul when down three. I've seen them do it throughout the year when they can. Sometimes they foul. I'm sorry, foul went up three, I should say. Sometimes they, you know, Anthony Davis fouls a guy while he's shooting a three even, went up three. But they, so I get why he did it. I also think in that spot, the Lakers were thrilled he took that shot. Like, go ahead, take that shot. And this is the other sneaky, interesting thing about the Lakers you know, however long this playoff series goes. They are not a good – they shoot a ton of free throws, but they don't have a single guy that it's like, oh, he's automatic from the line. Their best free throw shooter is Anthony Davis, who this year in the final minute of games is like 55%. He's been bad in those spots. So it can be risky for the Lakers to foul when up three. So you foul, now you're up one, but then you've got to now go hit two yourself just to keep the equilibrium. So it's a weird spot. That would have been, Damon, an unrecoverable loss. Like I saw the the Lakers and or sorry, the Cavs in 2018 were probably not ever winning that series. But Oh, oh, and, oh he says it. He admit all these years well, later. 20, no, no, no. 2017, I thought they were the better team and could win. I was wrong. 2018's the year and Kyrie's gone. It's brutal. 2018, they probably weren't, but LeBron was on 
a totally different level that entire postseason. Losing game one ended the series. It was such an emotional, just rip your heart out situation. Yesterday could have been something similar. You're up 14 and you play AD 44 and LeBron 40 and you really, really push it. If the Warriors had stolen that game, that is not your typical, oh, the home team won game one situation. That is a devastating blow. If the it would have been for the Lakers' chances of winning the series. Look, the Lakers have a very good chance to win this series now. Had the Warriors won that, like you said last night, now we're looking at Warriors in five. Yeah, that could have happened. So a hundred percent. Let's go ahead and do a little bit of a lightning round with. Yep. Uh, again, I don't need to reintroduce Nick the Wright. guest. Everyone first can see first. him. His name is right there. Yeah. Uh, who's in more trouble as of right now? The Warriors down a one. Or the Suns down 0-2? The Suns are done. They're done. The Suns, I, on the TV show, I, my co-host kept giving me a hard time because the Suns had lost one game total with Durant. And during the Clippers series, every time we came on, I was like, I feel worse about the Suns now than I did before their win. And then I said it after game three, after game four, and after game five. There's no precedent for what they're trying to do. Their plan is to win a title for, with, let's just say Chris Paul were healthy. Plan is to win a title with a five-man team. It's never been done. Just never been done. Their plan was win a title with Booker and Durant scoring 65 a game between them. Never been done. Highest scoring championship duo ever is Shaq and Kobe, who are at 59. Second highest is your guys, Steph and KD, I think in 2017 or 18. I don't remember which. They... You sim- you they played their bench 70 minutes in game two and got four points. So I I do not think they have the juice or the depth to get over the hump in Denver. And from a continuity perspective, that Denver team's been together as long as any group other than your Warriors. You know what I mean? Like they've been through a lot of uh, battles together. They know exactly where everyone's going to be. The Suns are still figuring stuff out. And I got to say, KD's been – he wasn't great in game two. But you look at the numbers and the fact that they, you know, won four in a row against the Clippers, and it's hard to criticize. But when you watch the games, I went into this postseason saying that that there were a few guys – that if Giannis really stumbled, which he ended up doing, if they won the title, would have a legit claim to best player alive. Steph was the first one on the list because he won finals MVP last year. I don't think this Warriors team is that good. If they win the title, how can you not say he's the best player alive? I had Durant. Go ahead. No, I was go, go ahead. You finish up because next question. I, I had Durant on the list. I was like, if Durant goes to Phoenix, drops in a team none of us thought could win anything, they win the title, how can you not at least give it consideration? Right now, he doesn't look like the best player on his own team. No. Right now, it looks like Devin Book, like he is he is a kind of a passive, overqualified number two, which is not what I expected to see at all. So I think the Suns are in real trouble. That's not really a lightning round. I apologize. That's all right. And Chris Paul's hurt again, so good luck with that. Yeah. Are you happier that Embiid won the MVP or happier that Jokic did not? So here's the thing. I'm happy Embiid won it. I want to be very clear on this. 
if, you know, we lived in a just world, the MVPs over the last three years would, by my vote, would have been CP3 two years ago, Luka or Embiid last year, and Jokic this year. I thought this year, Jokic had a pretty bulletproof case in a vacuum. Team was awesome. He was unbelievable. Great. I would have had no problem with it. But the idea that he was going to win three straight and be a three-time MVP with no postseason pelts on the wall, all of it, I thought was a slap in the face to NBA history. So I'm very, very glad that didn't happen. I'm very glad Embiid finally got over the hump. I'm very glad Embiid won the award. I, it is not because I think Jokic stinks. I just want you know what. And Jokic, by the way, they might, they might win the whole thing this year. A lot's going to fall on his shoulders. I've never thought Jokic stunk. I, I did not think. I, I did not like that. It felt to me we were changing the rules of how you kind of become eligible for MVP repeatedly for the same guy. And I'll say one other thing. This shouldn't be held against him. This is just my personal feelings. Everybody loves the fact that Jokic doesn't care about these awards. Fine. I love the fact that Embiid does. Embiid broke down in tears. It meant the world to him. I like that. Yeah. I like that moment. I like guys. I liked when KD won and he, he got emotional and Russ is eyeing the trophy. Harden wanted it. Like I like when guys really care about the stuff that isn't you, obviously team success winning all of that. But like Steph, Steph, that championship last year for Steph was the icing on the cake of one of the greatest careers ever, and it mattered to him that he got an unimpeachable finals MVP. That's an individual award that mattered a lot to him, and I'm glad it did. I know your wife is a stylist, the yeah. incredibly uh, the fashionable fashion bird herself. Uh, yeah. What did she think of James Harden's Cookie Monster outfit? Yeah, so I haven't asked her about that. That was pretty bold, even by NBA fashion standards. He looked like he was I, going to a fish show. I mean, he looked like a wook in the parking lot selling mattress yeah. balloons. But so, but here's the thing: Harden goes to Vegas during the playoffs, dresses like a lunatic, and then drops forty-five. Maybe that's what he needed to do to get back to Houston James Harden. Some night at the Gentleman's Club, you know what I mean? Being in the TMZ headlines and all of a sudden, I mean, that was that that was better than he ever played in any game against the Warriors in those wars with the Rockets. And that shot he made is the best is the biggest playoff shot he's made since he was on Oklahoma City. That step back three to win that game. I know you said that if the Warriors win a championship this year, they will have essentially killed the concept of a regular season mattering. And yeah. I'm not even going to argue with you on that. But let me ask you this. Who's more responsible for a regular season not mattering? A team that might step up into a moment in the playoffs and show you who they really are? Or all these one seeds just going out. I mean, I, sports has changed so much in our lifetime, Nick. 16 seeds take out ones now in yeah. NCAA tournament. Uh, the Milwaukee Bucks laying down to die. The Boston Bruins. The Colorado. Yeah, I don't know Atlanta. shit about hockey, but it seems like the Bruins thing's a big deal. Yeah. But it also, in, in hockey, we've had 3-0 comebacks. We've had the hockey's right. a weird one. And, again, I don't know hockey. Uh, here's the – 
The reason I who's said most I, responsible for murdering regular season. Well, I just don't think. I think it would be bad for the sport if a if you have a guy miss two months for still somewhat nebulous reasons, come back and Dream in Wiggins, Draymond be like, you expect me to care about games in March, all of these things, and not pay a penalty for it. Yeah, like I do think that it now people will say, well, the Lakers are the seventh seed. But not because they were they didn't care about the regular season. They're a seventh seed because they were terrible the first month of the year, started two and ten, and they had a broken roster until the trade deadline. You know what I mean? That's a little different than a team that if they were just in cruise control the whole time. And I know people were like, ah, we've seen the Lakers in the early two thousands have an on off switch. That was the difference between winning sixty seven games and fifty seven games. Not the difference between winning 55 games and being a game out of the play-in as the Warriors were. So, yeah, I think it'd be bad. I think, it, listen, I, I also said it would be bad for the NBA if the Warriors won the first year with Durant. And that was correct. The best, the reason the Heatles era was as captivating as it was was because they lost the first time. If the Warriors had lost that first year with Durant, Durant might still be there, by the way. And it would have been so much more intriguing. Instead, it all felt like a fate accompli. And that Durant, there was nothing Durant's could a wanderer. Say. He was going to cut out. He'll be out of Phoenix before you know. He'll put on another uniform. That's interesting. You think so? You think before, he's going to yeah, go Dude, he's, a, he's wonderlust. The grass is always greener somewhere else. I don't know why. It's just how he's wired. That's Durant, he LeBron, is. and Bronny? Kind of. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah no, maybe. I'm, say, I'm saying a little big three. Durant, LeBron, and LeBron's kid. Oh, Let's my God. Well, I, I can't wait for you to rip that super team. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Let me just say this. The Warriors are never bad for the NBA. They're the most watched, most consumed global product basketball can offer. And if if the the if ABC can affect this series, the Warriors, not the Lakers, are going to go on to win it. Oh, that's interesting. I don't know. Certainly, the the media partners would prefer the Warriors over the Kings, and I don't think. By the way, I don't think I played anything to do with it. The Warriors won that fair and square. Like I didn't think there was, you know, finger on the scale. I this is very close. The Warriors are the biggest product as a team standpoint. LeBron is still LeBron, and the Lakers are still the Lakers. But it is amazing that it's debatable, and you might be right. Like, Steph, Steph maybe is the most watchable star, but I think, maybe I'm wrong, I think if the NBA had their pick, they would say, mm, Lakers-Celtics for ring number 18 for either of these teams is probably, rather than Warriors-Celtics, Celtics would be their pick coming out of the East. We saw Warriors-Celtics last year. I think Lakers-Celtics with LeBron in year 20 probably their pick. But I know here's what I know they don't want. Or maybe they would want Lakers-Knicks if the Knicks could somehow make it. What they're hoping they do not get is Denver-Miami. That is the finals the league is hoping does not happen. And by the way, that finals could happen. Well, and this series, Warriors-Lakers, is probably going to get a better number than the NBA finals when it's all said and done. That's the kind of star power and attraction that this series has. I think this series will get a bigger number than the NBA finals if the winner of this series doesn't make the finals. If the Warriors or the Lakers are in the finals, that'll get a bigger number. But if the winner right. of this series then loses to Denver, then round two 
is going to be the highest rated series of the postseason. That's right. By the way, here's why you don't let hosts set production schedules. Nick yeah. and I agreed to a tight 15. We're yeah. in minute number 36 now That's of this true. conversation. So That's I'll let true. you go after this one, brother. In what week will the Aaron Rodgers-New York media relationship turn so sour it ruins oh. everything? Well, I, yesterday on McAfee, I didn't see it yesterday, but I saw Florio write the article today. Yesterday on McAfee, he said he would be at more than half of the offseason stuff. So that means he's not going to be at all of it, right? And he did he did his best to imply at that press conference he would be there the whole time. He's not. They also just signed Randall Cobb. Uh you know, one of those guys on his non-existent wish list that he Security called Diana me a liar about, but it's that. So I do not think it's going to work personally. I do not think Aaron Rodgers and the Jets. I, I think if the expectations were set at, let's expect to be in the playoffs and anything else is a, bo pardon me, anything else is a bonus, fine. But in that opening press conference, he's talking about the Lombardi Trophy looking lonely and about winning Super Bowls. And I think right now in the AFC, I would have clearly ahead of them the Chiefs, the Bengals, the Bills. I would have slightly ahead of them the Ravens, the Chargers, the Jags. And I would have them right there with the Dolphins. That's now we're at eight teams. One of those teams ain't making it, and so I just I I don't buy it. I flatly don't buy it. I always tell people, never forget this. Aaron Rodgers, as a starting quarterback, has been to the same number of Super Bowls as Colin Kaepernick. Yeah. <laughs> so people need to just calm down. Aaron Rodgers does not equal Lombardi well, Trophy. Well, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll add one other thing, and then we can go. The Kansas City Chiefs in – Five years of Patrick Mahomes got the same level of winning as the Green Bay Packers got in 30 of Favre Rodgers. No doubt. Three Super Bowl trips, two Super Bowl championships. So take that for what you will. Nick Wright, I will take a conversation with you over just about anybody, man. You are always interesting. You're always great to talk to. You've been a great friend for years. Thanks for uh, coming off of all your gargantuan platforms to hang out oh, with me I, on this tiny little thing we're doing over no, here. No, I love it. This is this is building and going to be huge, and you have to have me back on right around game four of Lakers-Sixers in the finals, okay? Oh, look at you. Shot on the way out. You're the best, Nick. Thank you. See you, bro. Take care. Nick Wright, boys and girls, one of the best. Get yourself a friend like Nick Wright. You'll be glad that you did. Thanks so much for tuning in. I'm going to be back at 11 a.m. live tomorrow right on YouTube. Uh, Damon Bruce Plus, follow me there. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Make sure you subscribe to What's Right with Nick Wright. Thanks so much for tuning in. And remember, sports don't build character. They reveal it.